Hello and welcome to Sustain, the podcast where we talk about sustaining open source for the long haul. Who are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? How do I run setup.py? Is it Pi 3, Pi 2? I always forget. Well, we're going to be talking a bit more about stuff like that today. But before we get to our wonderful guest, I want to introduce the other panelists. Besides your host, me, Richard Litauer. Hello, everyone. We have Justin Dorfman. Hello, everyone. Eric Berry. Hey, everybody. It's Friday. And Alyssa Wright. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. And our guest today is the executive director of Num Focus. Joining us from her house in Austin, we have Leah Silent. Leah, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. So you've been with NumFocus since it was founded in 2012. As the executive director, you know, you've been the primary driver behind the organization, always in the hot seat. You have to deal with a lot of weeks that are really stressful, for which we thank you. Can you talk to us a bit about what NumFocus does and how it works? So NumFocus was founded to support open source scientific computing. And we are the fiscal sponsor of 42 sponsored projects and 42 affiliated projects. And that is what we do. We provide services for those projects so that they can focus on the code that isn't being used for incredible things around the world. And we can provide a foundation for them providing filling in with the administration infrastructure needs that they may have, financial management, et cetera. So for, by infrastructure, you don't mean running like cloud stuff or like hardware? No, not at all. More digital infrastructure, like making sure they have Zoom accounts, making sure you know Slack accounts, making sure that type of infrastructure is in place. And you said scientific open source. I was wondering if you could help frame for us what scientific means in this context. So scientific, yes, that's that's a broad term. It can, a lot of our projects are used for data science, but all of our projects in some way are used for scientific research to allow scientific research to happen and have a basis in that. And has that evolved over time? Like what science means in open source or open source with science? I don't think for them focus, we've seen, I think on a broader scale, it may have involved, especially since data science is, is so prevalent and you know we've seen definitely the rise in machine learning and AI across the board. But I think the general idea from the beginning was broad projects that are being used for science and supporting scientific research. So... NASA researchers use NumFocus for sponsored projects. Are there any sponsored projects on Mars right now? There's not a sponsored project on Mars, but there are projects who are enabling images from Mars to be able to be seen and for those analysis on those images and for those to be able to, yeah, for their visibility. That we see like on the news and social media and everything. Yeah, I can't speak to exactly what has been on the news lately, but I know related to Mars Rover and in the past, one of our projects, OpenMB, many of the leaders in that project work for a division of NASA that have been directly involved 
and Mars rover images and things like that, as well as AstroPi, another one of our projects that's widely used by the astronomy community. They have also been used for, you know, in the past, actively used by Space Telescope and as well as SunPi also. We could go on and on about that. I think Justin's question is interesting, not just because, you know, he loves Mars and that's great. And he's, he loves talking about <laughs> astronomy and that's cool. You, you do that. You, you go. But NumFocus is like projects, right? Like NumPy, IPython. Like it's not that they're being used to like broadcast, you know, or like move the rovers around, but it's that every single student who's ever done any research on Python. I don't even think that's exaggerating. Almost every single academic Python thing at some point has used these libraries and like knows what they are and may have imported them into their code and they may be direct dependencies, right? This is like the dependency level. So it's more not, is it on Mars, but like how we conceptualize what Mars is because of the, some of the projects that you have within your stable. Am I misconstruing the importance of those projects, Leah? No, that's exactly right. We many times speak of NumFocus projects as being very foundational to scientific research. So exactly what you said, why the person that's actually, you know, controlling, you know, the vehicle on Mars or whatever that may be is not using the tool right there on the spot. It's being used to to analyze and visualize the data that's being collected. And on a foundational level, you know, they're being used for medical research and yeah, across so many scientific domains. Okay, so I've been looking at your background a little bit, and I see that you have a pretty strong art background. Is that accurate? You were in the arts? I was. I wish I still had more time to do art on the side, but I do not do that. But yes, I definitely do come from an art background, which got me into the nonprofit sector. And Uh yeah. So when you went to the nonprofit sector, it looks like you were working for another school at the time. Were you one of the founding members or the founding member of NumFocus? There was a founding board that was started by authors of five projects that were at that time, their use and adoption rate was just escalating. And those individuals, and that was NumPy, SciPy, AstroPy, mm-hmm. you know, IPython and Matplotlib, they founded the organization. They decided there was a need for that. And then they needed to hire someone to, I guess, I won't say make that vision a reality, but to be able to turn that vision and the mission that they wanted to see into a nonprofit. So I had that background and that's where I was brought in. I'm very new to the open source and open source scientific community, but nine years later, I'm still here. I fell in love with it and just never stopped being fascinated by the work and impressed by the community. So the maintainers of these 42 projects, do you know them? Who are they? What's their background? Who Are they being paid by a university or a company? Can you kind of go into the typical maintainer of the NumFocus ecosystem? Sure, definitely. I would love to. So yes to all of the above. I do know the maintainers, work with them, have known many of them for quite a few years, the ones that have been with NumFocus for a while. They're all paid differently. So some of them, their employer is allowing them time to work on their project. Others aren't so fortunate. Some are in academia, some are at research labs, some are at commercial companies. They're definitely spread across 
definitely different companies, like I said, research labs and universities. You had some fires to put out this week. What's a typical week at NumFocus for the executive director? Some fires are larger than others, of course, but I think with having that many projects, that many you know maintainers and contributors to those projects, and then several programs supporting the user community surrounding those projects, there's so many moving pieces that there, there are a lot of things. There may be someone who we're trying to work out a subcontract through a university for a grant they're working on, and there's been you know a delay in payment and a postdoc needs to get paid. That's always something that you know we want to make sure people are being paid and sometimes there's a delay in that invoicing process. So making sure that happens, we have an event team. And so, you know, lots of things happen around events that you need to move very quickly on. So I think we always, as typical for me, I have my day semi-planned what I need to work on. I have my priority list. And many times at the end of the day, so many things have come up on so many different levels that I realize my priority list is, is going to be the same thing for the following day. So that's what we do. Like I said, we're here to serve these projects and there's needs constantly arising. Someone may have an urgent legal question that needs to be answered for them to continue their work or move forward on a particular aspect of their project. And we want to make sure that's addressed quickly. So Leah, you work for Num Focus, which isn't a project in itself, but it's it's a stable for all these sorts of projects. And I use the word stable because it's just a word that I picked up. I'm not sure it's the best word, but you're, you know, an aggregator, supporter, sustainer of all of these different projects. And you're not alone in running that kind of organization, right? The PSF is very similar. They also have projects which they support. So is say OpenJS for the JS framework. We're increasingly seeing all the admin being done by an organization, or in the case of things like Open Collective, parts of the admin are being done by large organizations that work together to make sure that it could be spread out across different projects. How do you see the future of that sort of organization? As we're seeing more and more of them, are you just going to keep growing until there's hundreds of projects under you? Where do we go from here? Are we going to have more of these or less, or will they be larger? I'm curious. Just speaking towards NumFocus's growth, and I just had this conversation with someone today, we have to make sure that as the number of projects that we're sponsoring or that are affiliated with NumFocus grows, that the organization is able to scale with that. And that can be challenging because that also means that your budget needs to be um, scaling and increasing proportionately. So I think that as far as We don't have a stop on where we are on projects. I carefully watch that and communicate with staff on where we are, what is workflow looking like internally to them focus. And at the same time, carefully look at project needs. I mean, some projects are able to, and I I think them focus is there to help them learn and be able to become more self-sufficient. But other projects aren't ready or aren't large enough to do that fully. So I think the need for an organization like them focus, like PSF, you know, with many others, to be able to provide these services is crucial to project sustainability. 
there's so much that needs to be done. You know, we have a staff of nine that works full time and over full time on making sure project needs are met. And there's so many areas that we don't address that we could address for our projects. You know, just handling the legal aspect, grant management, helping them with, we have a contributor diversification and research program. So working on DEI initiatives, that's woven through everything we do and helping our projects with that. So there's a lot of needs that projects have. I don't see those needs letting up as adoption rates continue to increase and also to increase into different domains. A lot of projects were created for one thing, but you know they're being used in many different ways. So I think as adoption increases, so will the needs of projects and so will the need for funding. And then in turn, organizations to be able to manage that funding and to provide needs on other levels. I guess I have two follow-up questions to that. One of them is who provides your funding if you have nine staff members? Our funding comes from a few different sources. So we do charge an admin fee to our projects for fiscal sponsorship. So we charge a percentage. And right now that percentage is at 10. We're in the process of moving it to 15% for grants and corporate donations. So that's a small part, but that definitely does not cover our costs to provide services to projects. But that is one thing. The other is corporate sponsorships and donations. Corporations can support and focus with unrestricted donations or restrict their donation for, you know, for projects designated to a specific project. Grants are also another way that, that we funding. And we're always needing more funding, but we are making sure that our projects have funding coming in. At the same time, NetFocus has enough funding to be sustainable, but you know, the money that we're raising on an organization level is to make sure that we can provide services to our projects so they can have funding coming in. Besides funding and grants, have you looked at other ways to generate revenue like certification programs? I see that in the Linux Foundation a lot. I mean, to rely on corporate donations each year, I'm sure it's like pretty solid. But then again, who knows? One year there might be, hey, we can't do it this year. So how are you kind of diversifying your income? I guess what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, thanks, Justin. We're definitely looking into that. And NumFocus has started. We're still in the very early stages of building, but building the NumFocus Academy, which is our online learning platform. And through that, we'll have some workshops, some courses that you will be able to be certified through. And we're hoping it's a way for projects to be able to reach more people, educate their users, and for us to be able to broaden our current educational program. And hopefully that's a way that we'll have some sustainable income as well. I don't know if this is an exclusive, but I think this is a you heard it here first moment. Is that what we're hearing? It's close. It's been out there, but (laughs) we haven't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's definitely, yeah, you could call it a sustained exclusive. A sustained exclusive. Yes, we got an exclusive, everyone. Woohoo! I should definitely not fail to mention that the Sloan Foundation has provided the funding for the initial build out for that. 
they're making this podcast happen. So thank you, Sloan. Anyway, I got the follow-up here. So do you ever join forces with the PSF? I mean, I'm sure there's some overlap or is it kind of like you guys are friends, but you kind of keep a little room between each other? We're definitely in constant communication with PSF. There is a lot of overlap. There's not a ton of collaborative efforts, but there are scientific working groups inside PSF. And we have worked on some funding that has been directed to those that then is supporting some NumFocus projects. So yes, there is collaborations. We're always open to more. But like I said, communication is definitely ongoing on projects and systems that NumFocus is using that would be beneficial to PSF and vice versa. You had mentioned the diversity, equity, and inclusion support that you provide projects. I was wondering if you could describe that more and and how it's important for project sustainability. So we have a couple of ways that we're doing that. First of all, we recognize that contributor diversification and retention is definitely a challenge for most of our projects. And one reason that we wrote the proposal and received a grant from the Moore Foundation to start this research on within our scientific projects of contributor diversification and retention. So we're helping them by trying to develop guidelines, but prior to that and in the past, just having diversity initiatives as far as trying to talk to them and having workshops. We have project summits each year where we bring our projects together. We have not been able to do that this past year. So we had online workshops, but that is a constant theme and topic that's also addressed there on you know what we can do for diversifying projects and whether that is focusing on best practices around contributor guidelines. We make sure all of our projects as well as new projects that apply to them focus have clear guidelines and a very clear, simple entry point for those who are wanting to contribute. And not only is that entry point very visible and easy to find, but also that there's a welcoming environment for them once they do come. So trying to get a better understanding of that and provide more guidelines. We also have our Diversity and Scientific Computing Committee DISC which is a program of NumFocus and that how that committee can support projects just working on, we have a code of conduct projects can adopt and also to provide just help with, you know, enforcement areas like that around that code of conduct. And have you seen any changes with this work? Lots of conversations. I think all of our projects are so aware of the need to diversify their contributor base more. I think that is agreed on all levels. I hear about it constantly. We have recommendations that we recommend them to have mentoring programs, to have sprints where they're encouraging and reach out to underrepresented groups to attend those. I've seen some of our projects have made some great headway Pandas has done some excellent mentoring. Scikit-Learn has done that. So I'm sure there's others that I'm failing to mention, but Jupiter. But I think that it is overall, it's still a challenge and it's something that we are, we're definitely constantly working on. So given the amount of projects you have, I'm really curious about your actual process. When you take on a new project, 
do you basically ask them to get to X bar before they can join in? Or do you actually like para drop in people to come and help them out with their stuff? That would be fantastic if we could do that. No, what we do is during our application process. So we have some criteria that are listed on our website and just on a very high level, those criteria are based on three main ideas or values, and that's be open, be kind, and be scientific. So within those, there's some specific criteria, you know, do they have governance documentation? Does that governance documentation include or outline a clear decision-making process for when the project has funding or at some point they're going to get funding? How are they going to determine how that will be spent? We want to make sure that's defined and a project has thought about this before coming into NumFocus as a sponsored project. So do they have a code of conduct? Not only do they have a code of conduct, but are they using that and is that shown And do they have a a mailing list that's very open and accessible? So those are things that we check. The board does a credible job of due diligence and spends a lot of hours looking into projects that apply to NumFocus and making sure where they are. Not to say that someone couldn't apply or many projects will get an email about a project wanting to possibly join NumFocus. We will spend time walking through their project with them seeing where they are at these points and helping them say, this is where we need to see some growth or this is where we'd like for you to be. So is your main goal to really like offload just the admins that these projects can eventually sustain themselves without having to think about all this stuff? Or is your main goal to grow those programs to make sure that those communities actually, you know, get to version 3.0 and 4.0 and so on? Maybe, but I think it's the answer would be both. So we want to be able to provide the admin, the legal services, everything around the project that we can so that the project is focused on the technical direction of the project, on being able to meet the goals um, set on their roadmap. We want to make sure that's happening and that can be their focus. If the project is of a size or is able to grow and to be able to, in their internal project community, be able to take on some of the things that NumFocus is doing, that's great. You know, we definitely are there to help them and support them with best practices and however we can. So it's different for different projects, but I think sometimes the sustainability of a project is based on just time to spend on coding is one thing, but time to spend on all of these other areas of that are admin, you know, that's another and many just don't have that time. That's where we come in. So when you're working with scientific projects, I often see a problem where scientific projects suffer because they're written by people who are scientists and scientists have to publish another paper, have to find novel things. And so maintenance is almost inimical to those things. Maintenance takes a lot of work and it's just like, okay, I could try to fix this bug here in this project, or I could go write a new paper and get more grant funding and end up becoming you know, tenured. And so I wonder, how do you deal with that from the the viewpoint of someone who's trying to help these projects sustain themselves? How do you deal with the fact that they have to have a lot of churn and that eventually they won't be scientific as according to one of your three goals because they'll just be infrastructure? Is this a problem you have to face? I think with the projects that are or have been incubated in an academic environment and some of their maintainers are still professors, associate professors, whatever the case may be, Yes, that is definitely the case. They have a responsibility to their universities as well. 
But that's one reason we really want to work and focus on diversifying the contributor base, also with contributors who are across different domains and in different areas. So if a project comes and applies to NumFocus and everyone is at one university, we don't consider that open. So there has to be contributors spread out, no more than two employed by any, whether that's a university or whether that's a, you know, a for-profit entity. So I think making sure that there's multiple contributors, some in academia, that's great. Some outside of academia is helpful in that respect. I think few of our projects are 100% academia, but there are definitely some. And so we're definitely help them and figure out how we can work with them and with the university as well. We work with very closely with so many universities. So there's a way to make it work. I'm not saying it's easy, but it can be done. So I kind of see you as not quite the captain of the ship. You know, you're not steering the individual projects, but you're the person who actually like commands the sailors and tells them what to do. You know, like you're out there and you're making sure the ship is well run. The things are happening. You're the quartermaster. Has everything been stowed away? Where's money coming in? It's coming out this way. Excellent. One of the things about that role, it's hard for me to understand how you improve the projects in the long term. And it's hard for me to understand how your role at NumFocus can grow. What is NumFocus's moonshot idea? Besides just making sure all these projects run really smoothly. Is there something that you're hoping to get to? Or is running the ship as well as possible really the end goal? I think we want to make sure the ship is running smoothly. But I think there, I guess there could be a goal on multiple levels. But one of those goals is to make sure the projects are able to grow and they have what they need to grow. I think making sure NumFocus remains sustainable so that the projects can remain sustainable. I think in many senses, there are areas that we already have that we're just, you know, we have a very small program around, I think can be expanded without bringing in new programs that we would be so scattered and there would be so many areas where our time and energy and efforts were being called upon that we weren't doing a great job on any of those. But I do think in the future, there's a way to expand each of those and be better and be more efficient and provide greater service to projects that would then in turn help projects be more sustainable. And that's what I would like to see. What are you most excited about in terms of providing better stuff to projects in the near future? Two areas. I think grant management and community management. So I think projects, a lot of the things that NumFocus does can be related to community management, but definitely when you're talking about more of an internal project community, that community management, all of our projects, unfortunately, aren't able to hire community managers. A few have them, and it's wonderful. But they aren't. And I would love to see NumFocus have on staff community managers that multiple projects could share and that could service. If we had two community managers, they could work with all of our projects. I think that is probably one of the things that is most needed across projects is every project having a community manager to really look at their internal communities as well as as interactions with their user base. And so I would love to see that. I would love to see grant writers because I know it's hard for projects to find time to write grants or at least just to help and support them more with grants. Community management is so important and so difficult. 
it's so hard to find people who have the skills to do that and it's so hard to keep them. And they have to come from inside the community. I mean, it's no secret. I started the company as like a community manager as a service. And I basically don't do it. I basically facilitate stuff like this instead because it doesn't make sense to have someone from outside be like, you should come talk about this project. It's the best because like it just sounds vacuous. And so it's so hard to find someone who's willing to be embedded and feels the project and has all the skills necessary to do that. So like just total commiseration on that front. Like that would be awesome. With that said, though, Richard, do you think that's potentially you know, a role, an open source role for open source projects? And as you were talking about that, it reminds me of a project that my friend did and it's taken off, but there's no way it would have taken off had this one other person jumped in and became the cheerleader for it. Very much like that video of the person dancing by themselves in the park and all of a sudden another person comes in and now it's a party. I wonder if that would be a good role that Maybe some projects could be like, hey, we're looking, we don't need another code maintainer, but what we need is somebody to just stay on top of the community. That would be interesting. I mean, I think that's like the Kevin Milwaukee's of the world, right? Like Gitcoin only survives because he's just amazing at posting awesome stuff. I mean, I know that's crypto. So there's a whole different set of considerations that goes on with that one. Right. I, definitely. I mean, Leah, what, what do you think about that? No, I think it's definitely possible and it's needed. I think it, there's kind of two separate roles here that we're talking about. And one could possibly say that's the role of a, a developer advocate for each project. But then there's also a community manager. And sometimes that's the same person. And sometimes it's a different person. NumFocus has finally been able to hire a developer advocate. You know, we're just thrilled for that. We could use more, but I think the developer advocate is a different position than the community manager. But if a project had a community manager that was focused on, you know, a few projects or one project individually, it would depend on the size of those projects. They could also step into that cheerleading or advocacy role and it would be great. But I think it's one of the most crucial things for projects is, you know, a community manager helps them in so many areas, that's someone that can be focused on diversifying their contributor base and communicating with users and you know scheduling events. And there's so much, a lot of that NumFocus does, but I think to have that individual focus and connection with a project would be fantastic. I know some incredible community managers and we could definitely use more of them. You're already doing a ton of work, though, which is just super awesome. It's been really great to have this deep dive into NumFocus and how it works. I see these sorts of organizations as really being crucial to sustaining already mature projects, which haven't gotten to that level of maturity. Like you mentioned, you have to have X before you can apply. There's open questions as to how to help them. But definitely for the large things, for the pandas of the world, the Julia's, the are open size. It's so awesome that you exist. And thank you so much for joining us. We are running up on time. And so before we get to one of our favorite parts of the show, I want to make sure that people know where they can follow you and where they can follow NumFocus. And those are two different things. So where is that on the internet? Where are you on the internet? So we're definitely on Twitter at NumFocus. Definitely reach out to us there. You can also, any general questions that you have for NumFocus, you can reach us at info at numfocus.org. My email, if you want to reach out directly, is leah at numfocus.org. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Thank you so much. Again, this was super awesome. Now, Spotlight. So Spotlight is part of the show where we say this project was really great. 
this project is really great and it needs more love. And I just want to just shed a spotlight on it for whatever reason, maybe to make it dance and sing, maybe just so that people know they can go do that thing. So we generally go around here. So Alyssa, I'm going to start with you. What is your spotlight today? I think building on what you were saying, Leah, about community managers, I think my spotlight are going to be like the communities of so many open source projects and people that I care about and the community managers that have made it so. This is something that's really important to me, I know, to all of us here in the room. And so I don't know if I have a project to spotlight, but there are some really special people that have brought me here today. Thanks, comes to mind Thanks to them. I don't know. I think all of you guys are part of that journey. So a toast to you all. Taking the easy way out, I see. Thank you. Eric Berry, what is your spotlight? Yeah, my spotlight today is an open source project called Doom Emacs. So I've started learning Emacs. I found it kind of interesting. If you're a developer and use Vim, they have a great Vim mode. And I started using a thing called Space Max. But anyway, it's basically a full developer environment or operating system, essentially. Beautiful. It's easy to, to navigate around. That's open source. So that was created by Henrik, I can't remember his last name, Hilsner, I think. But yeah, fantastic project, Doom Emacs. Justin Dorfman, what's your spotlight? My spotlight is Lip Gloss by Charm. They wow. do style definitions for nice terminal layouts built for terminal user interfaces in mind. You could just find them at, at CharmCLI on Twitter and then github.com slash charm bracelet. Check them out. Pretty cool stuff. My spotlight this week is IDLE. That's I-D-L-E. It is a programming environment for Python. It is one of the things I learned on. I was going to give a spotlight to some of the awesome stuff that's, you know, NumFocus supports, like Pandas, like our OpenSci. But I feel like I've already mentioned that before, and IDLE is one that they don't. And it's really great, and it sure helped me out when I was a new developer. So thank you, IDLE. Also, Eric IDLE. Monty Python is the best. Leah. What is your spotlight? Well, I was thinking about this and I thought, oh, an open source project. Well, there's no way I can just choose one project among those 84 that NetFocus supports. But I did want to mention the Sustain Diversity Working Group because, Richard, I know you're definitely involved. I thank you for getting that going and off the ground. And it's a group that was initially started because we realized there wasn't any source of combined resources where everyone know exactly where to look to find who is working on what in what area and how to contact them. And from that, there's been a lot of great ideas and conversations that have happened. And it was helpful to me during a call to a project's leadership team. I was talking about open source fundraising and they were asking about diversity and some resources. And so, yeah, was able to use that work. So thank awesome. you. No, thank you. And those of you who want to join that, go to the discourse on sustainoss.org and feel free to post. We have bi-weekly meetings. Super, super cool. Leah, thank you so much. It's been great to have you on. I really hope NumFocus continues to succeed and do awesome work. And looking forward to seeing those projects and NumFocus bloom. Have a good one. Thanks, Leah. Bye, all. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much.